Welcome to The Savvy Founder, the one place for entrepreneurs and business owners away from the everyday bustle, where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future. Now, here's your host, the savvy founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham. Hello, and welcome to The Savvy Founder. I'm your host, Philip Topham. As I've uh, been doing The Savvy Founder, I've had the rare and great privilege to speak with some remarkable individuals, entrepreneurs willing to share their stories and hard-earned truths so that you can shorten your own journey. And last week, we heard from John Showers, and he was talking about uh, investors. And so I'm going to dedicate this episode to that journey, the investor journey. If you took a listen to episode 22, John, you'll hear John talk about how he built his first business, raised 300000 and they uh, didn't work out so well. He ended up shutting that business down. But then he went on to start a second business that's in the process now, got a grant uh, uh, Small Business Innovation Research Grant, also known as an SBIR, non-dilutive funds, meaning it doesn't. It's a money that just uh, allows him to build the business, and it doesn't doesn't own equity or have to give up equity for that. But what he described was that uh, in 30 days he was able to raise the money that he needed for his business, and he was able to do that is because he had already gone through the school of hard knocks to understand what it really was about the investor process. So in this episode, I'm going to go through a few of those things that might help you think about it. Besides listening to that episode 22 with John, uh, there are some other episodes you might want to listen to. Episode 14 was with uh, Brian McMahon, uh, who runs Expert Dojo, and it's an accelerator and talks about what it means to be an accelerator and what they're looking for. Episode nine with Rand Fishkin, uh, author of Lost and Founder. Excellent book. I highly recommend it. It's a brutally honest uh, story of the entire startup process and all that it means to be an investor. Super, super duper highly recommend it. Um, it's now sort of required reading for anybody that's uh, I coach. Additionally, Episode 20 with Bill Waldo. He's an angel investor in the Orange County area. Uh, we'll give you, always give you the inside scoop on how the investment landscape works. Episode five with David Friedman, the president for Tech Coast Angels of Orange County. Wonderful insights as well in how to approach the angel group there. Uh, lastly, uh, with Vitali Gollum. Uh, he's a private equity large banker, but he has he's also an investor. That gives you a perspective of of what it means to be uh, small versus large and what the different in investment criteria are. With that, let me talk about what I see as some of the biggest misunderstandings when I have people talk about wanting to raise money. The first thing they talk about is, oh, I need my pitch deck. Uh, let me work on my pitch deck. That's absolutely necessary to be talking to an investor to have your pitch and know what your offer is. But let's talk about what they don't think, what, what I often fail to understand, and that is exactly what does it mean to have an investor? 
And why do these conversations go sideways? What goes wrong with them? And the first thing that I see most misunderstood is what they what in having an investor really means. What does it do to their ownership in the business? How does selling equity change their business, change their ownership? And so that understanding that cap table, which is short for capitalization, how is the business funded? Who owns what part of the business do you own? 75% of the business, uh, did you sell 25% to the investors? And what rights do they have later when you raise more money? Understanding that finances and ownership, there's a lot of misunderstanding there. But fortunately, there's a tremendous amount of good YouTube videos. It's just a very simple thing to remedy. Just watch a lot of YouTube videos. That's sort of the mechanical side of things. But the other part that is way under misunderstood is the investment criteria that the would-be investors have. And this is why I got into doing the podcast. I was at the UCI uh, Cove, the Innovation Center, and I saw another startup go to an investor and say, what do you think? And the investor said, come back when you have a minimum viable product. And it was just one more time that I'd heard that advice. And unfortunately, it really pissed me off because the investor should have simply said, hey, your business doesn't meet my investment criteria. Go build your business. When it's at this criteria, come back and see me and we'll have a good conversation. Instead, what the first time entrepreneur heard was, it takes money to make money. I better go spend my savings, start building a software product. And yet they haven't even started building their business. So they misunderstood the communications that the investors have. And that is one of the biggest areas of issue with the whole investment process. And in John's episode really reminded me of how big the diversity is. There are so many investors that have different criteria and different desires, just like you want to, um, you, you may want to work out of the gym, you want to spend your money on a car, you know, investors decide what they want to spend their money on. Do they want to spend their money on a agricultural tech business, a property tech business, they want to spend it on artificial intelligence, blockchain. Do they want to spend it on social justice or con, uh, what's con, uh, in, in any of the social enterprises that are coming out, those kinds of businesses? So investors are really varied. And that's one of the areas that until John had actually experienced what it meant to talk to lots of people and then work with his uh, advisors to understand what the people were saying, what, what the offer was, whether they had their uh, John's interest in heart or not, whether they were providing good advice or poor advice. And he, until he experienced that, he didn't know which were the good investors or which were bad investors. And, I, and let me be careful about that. Anytime that somebody's investing in your business and you 
you have to weigh up that decision. Uh, that person spending their accumulated wealth to uh, to make an investment, and that's a that's something that they're risking to obviously increase their wealth even more. But there's also some other things that they may want. So they they have a difficult time because you know they might invest in ten things and six fail and three you know, do our lackluster and one makes it. So investing in startups is not for the faint of heart. And so those, those individuals are really uh, important to the, to the whole ecosystem. We just need a little bit more transparency so that everybody, especially new entrepreneurs understand what's going on and how it's working. So the, there's an adage when you're talking to investors, if you're asking for money, you're going to get advice. And if you ask for advice, you're going to get money. And let's, let's unpack that for a second so we understand why that's true. When you're, when you're asking for money, the investors often going to give you, and you really have that dialogue beyond the, hey, uh, stopping at a, a conference and somebody saying, hey, come back when. They're going to tell you, if they have the time and capacity, they're going to give you some advice as to what's going to improve your business to make it more investable and more worthy of being funded. And so that's why when you ask for money and you're not meeting their investment criteria, the first thing they're going to try to do very is, is give you advice. And that's really something that should be cherished because if you're able to build that rapport they gave you advice, you listened to it, you thought about it, you improved your business, you can go back to that person and say, hey, I listened to your advice. And suddenly that second part of that conversation, when you ask for advice, you get money because now you've, you've going back asking for advice, what next do I need to do? And suddenly you've, you've starting to meet their investment criteria. So it's, always very natural that that's something that's going to happen. The part that John was alluding to, though, was some investors are not very clear and don't really understand their investment criteria and use terms like, I'm an, I'm a, uh, I am a pre-seed or seed investor. I invest in very early stage companies. And when you spend the time and really get to know what they're doing and start pitching your product, your business, and your, your great, great story, what happens is you're pitching and they say to a person who said, I'm pre-seed. And what they come back with, I invest in companies that have 10,000 monthly recurring revenue or 50,000 monthly recurring revenue or 1 million annual recurring revenue. That's where I do find investors aren't very open and honest with the and careful about the word choices that they have and they lump themselves in. And there's no industry, I'm not saying they're wrong, there's no industry accepted standards uh, for those terms. What is seed for one person is uh, investing $10,000 is seed, but for somebody else, seed investment is a million dollars. So it's 
very relative to where that person is coming from, but do be very aware that there's a there's a huge difference between what you think an investor is saying and until you have those real conversations what it is that their investment criteria is and what they're really willing to do and with that said though i've always told people there's rules of thumb and for every rule of thumb there's an exception so if your business has an incredible story you may you may reach out to an investor who says I only invest when there's revenue, but if you have a fantastic story about traction, letters of intent, and other things, even without actual revenue, you might get an investor to, to put up the money. So really understand those dynamics and what those expectations are. Also, what I'd like to now sort of segue beyond just that initial expectation and what the investor is looking for, their investment criteria. The other things that you really need to, to worry about when you're approaching an, an investor, and that is the, the dynamics between once you take that money, what you can expect and whether that investment is uh, going to be involved with a business as an advisor, actually working and helping the business, or are they going to be a taskmaster and demanding certain things, but not actually helping you with the business whatsoever. And I have heard horror stories where uh, companies have taken money and been required to pay management fees back to the investor, yet the investor provides no actual advice. These are uh, bad practices, and they, but they absolutely do occur where the investors are simply looking for the maximum return and browbeating the founder to do what they want, not necessarily what's in the best interest of the founder and the business to grow. So that control is really important, just like investors need to fall in love with the executive with the founder and the executive team you as the uh, founder need to fall in love with the investor it's just like dating but you have to be careful that your sort of your hormones and your desire for the money or your need for the money doesn't uh, cloud your judgment and really do that assessment of the person. Can I work with this person? Have I checked with other people that they've done investments with? Do I know that they their word is their bond? What do I really know about them? Can I sit down in a meeting and have a really tough conversation with them uh, when the business is going off track that we can both solve it together? These are things that are planned for the divorce ahead of time when you get in when you get in bed with the investor and have those conversations because those are really the other part that's really critical and not talked about a lot. The the last thing I'm going to talk about is that we, we've talked about the different types of invest, the seed and pre-seed, and that there's a tremendous difference. Here in Orange County, there's we have so much real wealth that was created by real estate very few individuals are willing to invest in uh, companies with without revenues or without traction. 
in that really early seed or pre-seed stage. Most are really wanting to see that first revenues, that first traction, and then wanting to invest. Typically, the uh, it's a two hundred and fifty thousand to five hundred thousand, maybe seven hundred and fifty thousand. Those are the ranges that that first institutional investor is looking at. And when I say institutional investor, I'm talking about the investor that's disciplined in their approach to investing in startups. And the reason it's for that kind of money is that it, the same amount of legal fees and due diligence is required for no for any transaction. And that's the sort of the minimum size of a transaction that where it makes sense to spend the 40, 50,000 on legal fees and all the extra work to make sure everything is uh, good for that investment. The other things that's uh, within the marketplace that you can think about is when when a company gets to 1 million recurring revenues, annual recurring revenues, uh, that's usually what the accelerators are aiming to get companies geared for, trying to get them to that 10,000 monthly recurring revenues, which is a million per year. With that, you become very attractive to the uh, next step up uh, investors. And then after that, it's that 5 million annual recurring revenues that's where the Wall Street, private equity, venture capitals, the Silicon Valley uh, are really excited to then take you because it's a, it's a long haul to get to the 5 million. I know in my past, I've, I built a company to 2 million annual sales. Uh, the first million was, was hard. Uh, the second million was, was much harder. Uh, so with that, I just want to remind everybody, you know, really let you know that when you're going on this journey and on looking at investors, begin with the end in mind, really know what you're trying to build so that when you have those conversations with the investors, you're, you're not adjusting your pitch or your mission or your values to try to satisfy what the investor's thesis or criteria are. You really need to be very clear on what you want and not be swayed by what they demand and what their investment thesis is. It just means that you can't, you can't force a square peg into a round hole. If they're not the right, right investor for you, you just need to be smiling and dialing, using your voice, talking to lots of people, talking, and especially, especially as John says, talking to other founders as, as they have raised so that you can get feedback on Who's a good who's a good investor? Who's a good person to work with? I hope this show has given you some insights into the investment process or the investment considerations. But I really can't emphasize enough that until you actually start talking to investors, you won't understand what that means. And so get out early even when you're still developing your pitch deck and go ahead and ask for that advice. Here's what I have so far. This is what the business looks like. I know that in six months, I'm gonna need investment. Get out as early as you can and make those relationships. That is the number one thing you can do that is free to both build your knowledge, but also build your network and start 
understanding what this whole process is. I, again, hope this has been helpful. Please reach out to me if you have any questions. I can be reached at philip at thesavvyfounder.com. Additionally, through LinkedIn, all of that's in the show notes. Again, thank you for listening. Please share it with another founder so that I can help them save a, a month, a week, a day. And then I've done a good job. Thanks again for listening. I'm Philip Topham, the Savvy Founder, wishing you a bright and profitable future. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, thesavvyfounder.com. You can also follow Philip on Clubhouse at The Savvy Founder, wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.